0: Listeners, listen up. This is At The Root with Greg Kuyper. It is. And we are on KKNW. Greg is a psychotherapist and holistic life coach. His practice is Kuiper Counseling. Through his professional practice and personal experience, Greg knows that without connection with ourselves, connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. If you would like to connect with Greg, there are a few ways that you can do that. You can call in to the show. The number is 425-373-5527. I'll say it once more with feeling, 425-373-5527. <laughs> we certainly welcome your calls and questions. You can also connect with Greg through his website, com. There you can find out more about Greg, his practice. There's a contact form. You can find past episodes of At The Root, resources, and even a link to his YouTube channel called Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuiper. And there you'll find videos of the podcasts, and you'll also find some awareness and breathing exercises. So, that is the intro. And without further well ado. Hello, Greg. Again.
1: Hello, Stacy. Good to see you again.
0: Good to see you, too. It's
1: been a couple of weeks.
0: It has.
1: So, what are we talking about? You know, I'm, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. We've been uh, just for a week or two um, uh, revisit a topic we've talked about before several times, actually, but it, it's an important one. It's something that's so vital to in our ability to connect in relationships, which is what we talk about, right? And that is listening. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that whole concept about uh, we've been given two ears and one mouth so that we'll listen twice as much as we talk. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not really working for me. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I feel like maybe you were listening to some conversations that I've been having lately with others.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you know, it all comes down to how do we give our attention to the people we associate with, right? Do we Do we notice the difference in those interactions where – where we are engaged and when we're not, you know, do we notice that? Are we able to accept our responsibility in a suboptimal engagement with someone due to our lack of attention? Or do we just, are we just oblivious? I mean, I
0: mean. I have thoughts on this.
1: Well, let's hear them.
0: Well, a few things are thoughts. One So I am somebody, like I have my own show. Uh, I am a talker. It's it's how I interact with people. And so there's an assumption that I don't listen because typically people that talk a lot get a bad rap that we don't listen. (laughs) And that can be true. And yet it can also not be true. I listen to all kinds of things. I listen on an intuitive level. I am listening through, you know, Body language, I'm listening Uh through what's not being said. There's all these things. So the first thing that I would like to say is what's interesting is this reminds me of the love uh, language test, right? How you listen may not be how the other person wants to be heard. And so that can be a little tricky because, you know, if I'm having a serious conversation with someone, I might be sitting on my phone and playing solitaire, not for lack of interest, but because I'm actually wanting to be invested and I need to tie up my little ADHD synapses that would actually distract me. And so I try to articulate with whomever I'm speaking with, this is serious enough that I want to be engaged with you. It may not look like it, but I'm trying to distract my distractors. Ah. So those are just two things that Distract from,
1: your distractors,
0: I need to distract my distractors. Right. It's like taking a kindergarten class and giving the kids that get distracted easily some play-doh to play with mm-hmm. so that you can work with the other kids that maybe need a little bit more time and attention
1: well, you know and I've know I know that about you, but when i when we first started the show, I would notice you would we'd be engaged doing the show, but you'd be on your phone doing mm-hmm. something, and it was at first, just incredibly annoying to me because I'm like, (laughs) we're trying to talk about connection here. And And she's not connecting. (laughs) But but so, so there's a little bit to the perception on the other end. Yes. I mean, that's
0: (laughs) what I wanted to bring up a little bit about like the love language thing. They say that you're supposed to love others the way you want to be loved, but really we're supposed to love people the way they want to be loved. And I wonder then if listening is the same thing. Are you supposed to listen the way somebody else needs to be listened to? I just threw you for a loop, didn't I?
1: Well, a little bit. I mean, I'm. my first reaction is yes. I mean, we need, um, or at least that person needs to know, right? I mean... Um,
0: Which is why I now say to people generally, I try to be much more cognizant that if I'm going to do that, I let people know Right now, here's a little insight is, into me, uh-huh. and this is what I need to do to distract the distractors, and you'll find that I actually am very engaged, and I can keep up in the conversation.
1: Well, no, and I see that about you, and I, that's not the norm, though. I mean... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 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 Yes. <laughs> Interesting, interesting point that you bring up. So, anyway, I, right, right.
0: A little squirrel for you, but just two things that came up. There you go. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Well, and I think the key is that are we able to interact with somebody else with unconditional positive regard? Okay. It's a little different unconditional love, right? Unconditional positive regard is just listening and interacting, um, knowing whatever they have to say is okay. It's important. Mm -hmm. It's a little hard these days, Mm -hmm. unconditional positive regard. That, you know, question can be a tough one. And um, the answers we find to these questions will help us lead to, uh, you know, awareness of the changes we probably need to make so that our connections with others, especially with our loved ones and relationships can further develop in a meaningful way. So for looking for deeper emotional connection in our personal relationships, we pretty much have to figure out a way to know the other person. Okay. Right? For many of us, our autopilot directs us to do this with guessing and assumptions, right? And that's when we get in trouble. It's, it's quick and it's easy. We we make assumptions and we, we operate from part of our autopilot and we use these past experiences to direct what is going to happen in our interactions. And this generally results in the same responses in these engagements, right? And the relationship stays the same without growth or excitement of potential. So once again, we're living from our past experiences. We've been talking about that. We don't allow fresh input Because our automatic ego personality is in charge. And, of course, we know best, right?
0: I have an example of this really quickly. Sure. Traveling to the East Coast with my husband, just the two of us traveling, we witnessed this family and mother, father, little boy, uh, two little boys. And the one was having an anxiety going through security about Mm. how my switch, I can't find it, where is it, where would you put it? you know, all of these things. And it took me back to one of our sons who in traveling was always very anxious and needed to know, you know, where is it? Is the backpack zipped? Are you sure? Are you sure? Whatever. And it made me go back in time with I now have a fresh perspective on what it's like to deal with those levels of anxiety. And, and I heard the father say, you know, like, oh yeah, it was confiscated or something. And playing into these insecurities that this little boy has and whatever and I just thought okay this is the whole I could do things over and over again and here I am seeing it going back in time and thinking I probably would have made a teasing remark and not really taken the anxiety seriously and now I have an opportunity now that he's uh, almost 20 we're getting ready to move him and thinking about the things that are triggering and anxious and trying to take my new information mm-hmm. and past experiences and change it.
1: Right. And not just let the automatic pilot from the past yep. present the same response, and which is going to result in the same experience. Which shows him that around. I
0: know who he is and I can meet him there.
1: Right. Perfect.
0: We'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> well, there, what brought this on? Uh, the, the talking about listening again is recently I've had the opportunity to start relationship counseling with two couples, new new couples that have come on board. I've, it's been a while since I've had any openings, and and so this new start has brought me something to mind that 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 I've thought of before, and it, it's come up again. and in, in the first session with a couple, we typically I typically do, We, you know, we do a little chit-chat and then I'll ask something like, tell me what has brought you two in to see me or something along those lines, right? And this is generally the point that I can safely assume how they came to be there.
0: Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I, I have the visions like, well, I didn't want to come or she's like, no, because blah, right. blah, 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 blah.
1: Well, no, no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> they, they, when I ask that question, they'll turn to each other and more often than not, I mean, this isn't always, but they'll turn to each other. More often than not, there'll be a couple seconds of silence as they look at each other. And then one will say to the other, do you want to start? Why don't you go ahead? And this is kind of a potent signal to me that the person they are deferring to is the one that has instigated the counseling, generally. Mm, not always. I, I mean, there are many couples that come in wanting to be there together. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but more often than not, it's kind of this way, and that partner will start with some kind of a close variation of, you know, we just aren't communicating well, or um, we've just stopped communicating, or we've forgotten how to communicate, but rarely is the word communicate not in the reply, and, and, and that's how we start out. And this, you know, this word communicate can be a catch-all term. And I believe it's a a safe way for the partner to start this process, right? Because, I mean, how do you argue with a statement that can be interpreted so broadly? Right. It's subjective. Yeah. We could all use some fine-tuning in our communication skills. So typically, the partner making the statement will turn to the other for validation then, and there will be some degree of acknowledgement. Yes, dear. Or even just looking at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, a response. And there will be this small shift in energy in the room, like like a sense of relief. There. It's out there, and nobody's upset yet, right? It's out. We're having communication. But that will be kind of short-lived as, you know, I'm not going to leave it there. Communication, <laughs> so. Okay.
0: <laughs> Let's take a break here because I feel like it's going to get juicy. <laughs> So we'll take a quick break. And then when we come back, you can talk about the shift in energy and what starts to happen uh, as you dig a little deeper. Keep listening to At The Root with Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling. Sometimes psychotherapy is not enough to get to the root of our illusions. Hypnotherapy with licensed practitioner Annette Kuiper of Solid Insight can help. With hypnotherapy, it's possible to tap into what's beneath our layers of protection and resolve the illusions that stop us from accomplishing what we want. Hypnotherapy is a safe state of relaxed calm, coupled with elevated mental awareness that allows for a deeper dive into our subconscious. Led by Annette, it's about understanding and loving ourselves and creating a deeper connection with others. Learn more about Annette at SolidInsightNow.com.
2: Looking to reconnect with your partner, spouse, kids, or self? When the disconnect seemingly has been there for a lifetime and is impacting your relationships, it's difficult to determine how and where to start. But At The Root with Greg Kuyper of Kuiper Counseling is the perfect first step. Throughout each episode, Greg talks about establishing emotional connection with ourselves and others. He offers experience, advice, explanation, and resources to listeners. You can find past episodes on his website, KuyperCounseling.com, or through his YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuyper. Hey, are you missing listening to this show is all about you with me, JDK Winnikin? Well, you don't have to. You can still listen to Greg Kuyper's show, At The Root, and my show. It's a win-win in every way because you can download my show and his at Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Don't miss a minute of either show and listen to them on your own schedule. So be aware out there that you can listen to both of us still. And isn't that comforting? self-help, healing, spirituality, and more on Alternative Talk, 1150.
0: Welcome back to At The Root with Greg Kuyper of Kuiper Counseling, a reminder that if you want to connect with Greg, you can go to his website, KuyperCounseling.com. You are also welcome to call into the show if you have a question or there's something you want to clarify or you want Greg to expand on. The number is 425-373-5527. Before the break, Greg was talking about how he is working with some new couples and he's kind of going through... The uh, talking about the initial stage and what happens and then uh, everybody's polite and then Greg starts to dig.
1: <laughs> well, but it, it inevitably it's always a not always a lot of the times it's about the word communicate because that's kind of this catch all things that that they can come in. A couple can come in and go, we're just not communicating. And it's, it's so broad, right? And it's a, so when they say that, it's out in the open. And, 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 you know, I'm basically being told what we got here is a failure to communicate, right? Uh-huh. And upon hearing that, I say something like, well, that's a word that can mean a lot of things. Tell me more. What do you mean when you say you don't communicate? And then I'll, I'll typically hear that his or her partner doesn't. Listen, that's the word that's used. So here we go. We're getting into it, right? Sometimes this will come across in a delicate little dance of words, or, or other times it's just a direct statement pointed at the other. You're not listening to me. Um, regardless, the energy has changed again, and the elephant's kind of exposed now in the room. I will ask. So, I think what I'm getting is that you don't feel heard, and there'll be some. Form of acknowledgement there. And, and and then I think this is the crucial point. There's a big difference between not having your words heard and not feeling heard.
0: Hmm. Right? Yeah, you, that's big. Like that's, that's the difference between hearing and listening.
1: Yeah, there you go. I, I think this is a crucial point. There's there, You can't have an empathic understanding if you don't hear the words, right? But you can hear the words and not have an empathic understanding. Oh, that's. Right? Oh, yeah. I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, so, so, so I'm going to back up, okay? It, it's very common in our culture to treat listening as a part of our autopilot functioning, similar to, I don't know, digestion or breathing, heartbeat. Listening well is a talent most of us can happily ignore and somehow get by. Just cruise along. But remember, when we operate from our unconscious programming, we are doing so from our past because that's where the patterning comes from, the past. So once again, our present and future moments are being orchestrated by our past, automatically being formed as experiences based on these old patterns we've talked about this a bunch in the last few weeks right mm-hmm. and this is just not fertile soil for cultivating change and excitement and growth right so our autopilot consists partly of behaviors we have adapted to help us get through our days many of them coping skills set in place to protect our sensitivities right over the time over time and we've adapted a communicating behavior also and listening is a critical part of communicating behavior right listening
0: i was just thinking about how you can listen to a change in tone probably or if right. someone's banging around or listening for what words were said yeah this is that's interesting i hadn't ever thought of the listening piece being another precursor to coping
1: yeah well, we'll get into that a little more here, but filtering input through selective listening can be a powerful defense and coping mechanism, just like you said. So, filtering this input in and and selective listening allows us to protect ourselves. Sometimes, right?
0: It's like radar.
1: Yeah, kind of. I guess. Yeah. Okay. So here, okay, go with me go on this. i I know. I know. I'm trying. So.
0: In like the old movies in the 80s when, you know, they had radar and you would see the blip on the screen, right? right? Potential like landmines or obstacles or enemy attack, right? So it's like your radar is on and you're listening for potential landmines.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. i go with that metaphor. Right? Yeah.
0: yeah. So that's what it reminds me of. Like yeah. I'm blip. filtering through a lot of it. But blip. then when you hear a blip, blip and it gets louder, you're like, oh, we got to pay attention to this.
1: Right. So So hearing only what we know will not hurt us. Emotionally, knowing, hearing what we know will not hurt us emotionally turns into an automatic process in our, you know, communicating behavior, right? So it's automatic. This starts at a very urge, early age of development and, unfortunately, can readily reinforce a false sense of self based on being safe from emotional pain. Often, you know resulting in an this ongoing attitude of i'm right which must mean you're wrong so why would i listen to you now this isn't conscious but that's the attitude so it's
0: like being in an echo chamber of sorts so when you're hmm. little what you're saying is that we listen to the things that we know aren't going to hurt us we seek them out because it's validating who we are what we see what we're experiencing and so then,
1: keeping us away from any emotional pain associated with that,
0: right? And so then, that means that our our worldview becomes very much from a defensive standpoint, yep. even
1: in the listening. Right. Okay. And then, then right. that, and then that, that becomes part of our autopilot, or that is our autopilot, and we just move through our life pretty much daily like that. So. As we move forward with this automatic pseudo-safe attitude, listening becomes sacrosanct to our sense of being safe from emotional pain. It's part of it. Listening becomes another set of skills that can get bypassed in our development. And we end up in a relationship where it sure looks like we don't care, or that we aren't trying, or that we're defective, or that we're just a plain jerk. I mean, it appears it, it come across that way.
0: I can totally come across looking like a jerk. <laughs> okay. No, like I'm, I'm fully being very transparent. Okay, and right. that I can look like the one that is being insensitive. I mean, think about right. the example sure. that I gave earlier mm-hmm. when you know you had to learn about me that in order to focus, I need to do other things. Right. So,
1: right. So, and and most often, none of this is really true, right? We just never learned the skills as more than likely they weren't modeled to us. So we didn't learn how to be a good listener when it's not modeled to us. And then the times when they were introduced, we couldn't deal with the shame of being wrong, so we would ignore the opportunities to change. So we're staying in this narrow tunnel of uh, safety. Mm -hmm. And listening is can be part of that. We hear... We can hear what we want to hear. So when one partner in a relationship feels that they are not heard, you know, they're feeling like they're dismissed, there's no engagement from their partner, their their partner's not present, it really hurts emotionally for that person. And if this partner deals with self-worth issues, right, of any depth, which they probably do, this dismissal can go right to shame right? What is wrong with me? She's not listening. Am I not interesting? Am I stupid? What did I do to deserve this? So in truth, what we have most of the time is the other that has no clue how to listen, never learned how, or is automatically shying away from being present to avoid emotional pain. That's what the other person's doing. It's being interpreted as um, must be something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I must be really uninteresting because no, they don't want to engage they're, with they're me. They're not engaging with me, right? So the automatic response to avoid emotional pain many times manifests in in, in one of the partners being a fixer, right? We've talked about this. While they're Partner is sharing experiences or ideas or thoughts and feelings. The fixer is formulating how to deal with what is being shared, right? Ugh, I hate that. Analyzing options, selecting the best one. and I'm, I'm ready to provide the answer if she would just shut up and I could tell her. This would all go away and any emotional content can I can avoid, right?
0: Right. You have a problem. You're upset. It's bringing you discomfort. Here's, the, some, here's some solutions. Pick A, B, C, or D, right. or E. All of the above.
1: Well, when I'm talking with, excuse me, when I'm talking with clients and they're, uh, this is an issue, uh, and, and I can ask, you know, so while you're supposed to be listening to her, are you fixing things? Are you fixing her problem? And inevitably, they go, yeah. And then, then they'll be kind of sheepish, like, oh. But in their heads, they're just, you know, they've already figured out that that what this person is presenting as a, they're perceiving as a problem. It's not really a problem. The person just wants somebody to share something with. Right. But they're perceiving it as a problem, and they've gone to fix-it mode, and they've got Option A, B, C, D, and they picked C, and they're ready to share it with the person, but they're still talking, and and so, uh, eventually, there there may even be an interruption, which is even worse, right? And nobody, uh, nobody wanted a fix. The other person never wanted the fix.
0: It goes back to that thing that I've mentioned before about uh, the hear, help, and handle. Sometimes we want to just be heard right sometimes we need help it's a collaborative effort uh-huh. and sometimes we just want our partner to handle it.
1: okay I like that yeah. and so
0: one of the things that I'm not great at doing it with Pete yet but I'll do it with the kids when they're going through something I'll <laughs> ask them do you want to be heard do you want help or do you want something handled so that I can then set the groundwork for what my response is and I if it's a help or a handle, then it's okay for me to be thinking about solutions. Whereas if it's I just need to be heard, then I can just turn that off.
1: Yeah. I'll go with that a little bit in the okay. sense that in, I, I think, first of all, though, we want to go through the whole part of being heard and then go to handle or or help. You know, help <laughs> right. Um. It's it's just ultimately important that we are in tune with the feelings and what's being said and in in that narrative. This is why I'm the, the moment, jerk and the connecting right there, right? And and our society, our culture. I mean, we're we're in fix it. And we're going and okay, this one's solved. Now let's move on. And and a lot of times that that yeah, and that can really come across, you know. The person who's sharing the story or the narrative, their feelings, can really um, feel dismissed with the idea that something needs to be fixed. Right? I didn't. I, I wouldn't didn't even bring this up to get it fixed, and and then the shame can be mating, uh, waiting there too. Right? From that, because they can go, well, ooh, maybe I do need to get it fixed. Hmm. You know. Um, in the process of coming up with the answer the the fixer has not heard any of the emotional content of their partner's share that's basically the bottom line and 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 they've succeeded in avoiding any emotional response of their own and that's the the unconscious intent of fixing is not uh, Not going to an emotional response because then they've got to join in something that's, and we don't do that. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I might have to cry. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Right.
0: It's uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. So not wanting to engage with someone else gives us more of an ability to control the content, right? And the path the conversation is going to take, right? We're
0: at the back of the canoe. Yeah,
1: I've got control here. I'm steering this. And that egoism we're talking about basically comes down to what we really do enjoy is listening to ourselves. Guilty. A lot of times, right? It feels like a chore to listen to someone else. This can happen a lot.
0: Are you in my head?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Told you, I'm the
0: jerk. <clears throat>
1: we might be somewhat absorbing what's being said, right? Right but mostly we are daydreaming or thinking of things we need to do you know if we're not fixing the other person's problem we're probably daydreaming or thinking of things we need to do and and looking off and 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 then we get pulled back in by by a question sometimes right <laughs> and then we get caught are you listening to me uh oh uh, yeah yes yes you just said and then you try to repeat it and hopefully you guess right. Right. <laughs> this this like I said, the same egoism causes us to interrupt, believing that we can say it better for them. Ooh.
0: Or I'm guilty of taking their example and saying and giving a scenario like I do all the time on this show about like, let me tell you an example of how I've experienced that. (laughs) Now, admittedly, for purposes of the show, I am trying to make a universal like, hey, Uh, however, in my conversations with my significant other, perhaps he doesn't need to hear my scenario.
1: Well, changing the conversation to being about us right that's happens so much if we're not careful what do we call that uh, the shift response they call it i think but yeah. but it's it's it, and it can be done so simply someone's telling a story about something that happened to them and we interrupt and we start telling about how that happened to us and we take over the narrative and before you know it we've they're not even in the story anymore because the story is being told by us. That happens a lot. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> quiet I'm quiet because <laughs> I'm quiet because I'm like I am so guilty of this. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm uncharacteristically quiet because I'm like, oh man. Oh god. Con- no so, shame.
1: So controlling the conversation, right? When we do that, allows us to filter the emotional content. That way we can keep the narrative in our own narrow emotional field, I guess yeah. is the word, right? We don't have to get s- sidetracked or blindsided by somebody else's emotions that we might have to engage in. Um, Yeah, if one partner is automatically controlling this narrative of connection, it is no wonder the other one feels dismissed, right?
0: Sure. And the other one likely is the one that brought it up, and yet they're like, well, how'd this get away from me?
1: Right. All that was wanted and needed was someone to empathically listen. No judgment. No fixing. The only words being words of reassurance and caring and understanding. Well, reassurance, caring, and understanding, that requires some emotional content, right? I mean, caring, that's just pretty hard to not have some emotional content when you're showing caring. Empathic concern is what we're talking about, empathy caring about the well-being of others and being able to sense and care about what is going on for them. Wow.
0: Okay. This is, that's a big, the empathic concern piece, uh, that's being really vulnerable for yourself and for your partner.
1: It is. It is. Um, is. Vulnerable is vulnerability is the the word there. That's empathy, right? Willing to, the willingness to be able to do that.
0: Okay, let's take a break. Okay, I need a moment <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> because
0: again, it's always about me. Uh, keep listening to at the root with Greg Kuiper. We are talking about listening. We'll be right back.
2: many relationships are adversely affected by wounds from our past lack of connection unhappiness shame and regret are just some of the fallouts we experience when we choose to avoid addressing those wounds Greg Kuyper of Kuiper Counseling is a psychotherapist committed to reestablishing connection with self to create greater connection with others. His work with teens, individuals, couples, and those struggling with substance use. If you struggle with old wounds or unhealthy narratives, get to the root of them in yourself by contacting Greg Kuyper at kuipercounseling.com. That's kuipercounseling.com.
0: Whether it's fly fishing or French pastry, we all have something that makes our tail wag, involuntary and instinctive. It's sparked by excitement, inspired by purpose, and it speaks to who we are. I'm Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects. I lead clients to the place that makes their tail wag. As a creative director, I bring ideas to life. As a podcast producer, I give ideas a voice. Stacy Connects. It's my superpower. If you want to connect with me, Stacy Heller, go to stacyconnects.com. Asking questions is better than making assumptions, such as the premise of my show, Stacey Connects, a show about making connections through conversation. I welcome a diverse assortment of guests to chat about topics and ideas that are sometimes educational, sometimes inspirational, a little personal, and always entertaining. Every week, I draw out and befriend the elephant in the room so listeners can connect with the unexpected. Listen live Tuesdays from 3 to 4 on Alternative Talk 1150 KKNW.
2: Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150.
0: Welcome back to At The Root with Greg Kuiper on KKNW. A reminder that if you are interested in connecting with Greg, you can go to KuyperCounseling.com. There you can find more information about Greg, his practice. There's a contact form. So if you have a question that perhaps you don't want to call in, maybe you're a little shy, then you can... Contact him through his website. You can also find past episodes. So if we're talking about things that seem familiar to us but not to you, go back and you can listen to some past episodes and share them, perhaps with your significant other that's not listening. (laughs) You can also uh, find some resources there and a link to Greg's YouTube channel called Connection Through Awareness. So before the break, we were talking about... This idea of being vulnerable enough to meet your person where they are. Right. I was listening.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we, one person controlling the narrative of of how the connection is to happen. Uh, there's just how is that even a a connection, right? It's, it's no wonder one person feels dismissed because mm-hmm. right, their part of the narrative isn't even being enjoindered, right? I mean, it's not.
0: It's making me think of, you know how in past episodes you've talked about how our autopilot is on, you know, I've referred to it as like a, a common pathway or route that we take, right? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like we are using our map, our route to figure out where this other person is. And it's like we're folding them into our map instead of going on to theirs and seeing where they are.
1: Right. Yeah. And and we're also not allowing there to be a new map of we, right? The two. Right. As long as we keep it in our narrow little uh, interpretation of what listening and connecting should be then we are, um, are not going to feel emotionally vulnerable and for many people right that emotional vulnerability is um, very difficult and from their past and sure and you know they can't um, they can't do it or they won't do it well, you never learned how to. Do I
0: was just yourself. gonna say, okay. it feels like there's a comp, a few things. One, maybe you don't know how, and you feel like if you were to go there, you can never come back from it, right? right. Like if I start crying, I may never stop. I mean, I've heard right. people say that, <laughs> and and genuinely mean it. I think, sure. uh, and then so the not knowing how to do it, it's like a study skill, and then there's the uh, not wanting to do it because it's uncomfortable. And then there's the not wanting to do it because you may find out something about yourself.
1: Well, that's the biggie. That's the big one. I mean, we, many of us spend a, many, many years um, creating these, crafting these defense mechanisms, these coping skills, these, these very elaborate methods of, Protecting ourselves from emotional harm and controlling the narrative by how we listen is one of those methods, I believe. That's what we're talking about.
0: Here. We were talking about this during one of the breaks. Right. I was saying that when my husband and I have conversations, that, you know, I'm like, I'm a very good communicator. However, how he translates what I'm saying. It fits into his narrative. Yeah. I mean I do the same thing.
1: Well, I think we all do to right. a certain extent, but but that's why that's why we want more awareness around this, right? And and to be able to join our partner in their moment of sharing in whatever it is that's going on for them. Whatever it is. I mean, they they want to connect. They've given us a bid for a connection, right? And and that bid doesn't mean um, fix this, tell me what to do. That bid generally means just listen. I I need a shoulder. I just, I just, I got to get this out.
0: My head is thinking about this in terms of punctuation
1: hmm.
0: and that when you're listening, you're allowing for a dot, dot, dot.
1: Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, That's and
0: it. just being comfortable in the dot dot dot,
1: sitting in that space, mm-hmm. yeah, the dot dot dot, listening with our hearts as well as our ears. And uh, you'd be surprised how many times when I say something like that to to um, a person, typically a a partner in a relationship. Very difficult for some people to understand what is listening with your heart, right? And uh, it's simply just allowing the other person to feel felt, to know that you're feeling what what they're feeling, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be judgment or, or agreement or anything like that. It's just sitting in that space and feeling that with them. And
0: I'm going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that when you talk about the idea of listening with your our hearts, you have talked a lot about how part of becoming aware is also feeling what's going on in our bodies. So mm-hmm. if my husband is telling me about something that's going on and I'm listening to him and I'm hearing the words and I'm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm trying to listen with my heart and also listening with my body sure. and thinking about where that response is. Like, am I aching for, you know, does it make me uncomfortable? Sure. You know, what is coming up also physically?
1: Right. That's perfect because it fits right into what we're talking about, listening with our heart, listening with our body. Our heart's part of our body. Right? Mm-hmm. I and mean, just listening from, from that standpoint. Um, can be very uncomfortable. And that's why someone will try to control the narrative, change the story, turn it around to themselves, um, cut off, interrupt, uh, fix, right? We're trying to take away from that feeling that's coming up in us. (laughs) Somebody's talking about something that's, they're sad. Mm-hmm. Your partner is sad, and they're explaining it to you. And and for a lot of folks who aren't really adept with expressing and feeling their emotions because of their past experiences and traumas and emotional difficulties, when that starts coming up in them and they start feeling that because it's going to happen, mm-hmm. that's when the narrative can get changed. That's when the fixing happens. Do you see what I'm saying? It's all automatic because when that feeling starts coming up in the body, the automatic response is, uh-uh, uh-uh, not going to do this. And so, um, it, it, and this sounds so simple, right? Just allowing somebody to feel felt, letting them know that you're there with them. It sounds simple, but it's not because, uh, uh, well, when, when this happens, we just talked about both partners soften, right? So and they feel less alone.
0: I watched a video today. This is a little – it's on topic, trust me. All right. There's a, a couple that have a YouTube channel, The Bucket List Family. Mm-hmm. And they're young family. They've got three kids. They travel all over the world, whatever. And in this particular video, they were talking about uh, – this uh, interactive thing that they're offering to people that follow them. And it's about having the tough conversations. And uh, Garrett, who's the husband, was talking about how he grew up in an unsafe upbringing. And they were Mm -hmm. talking about the importance of friendships. And it was interesting watching the two of them talk about this. And he would talk about it and he would get emotional and she would get emotional alongside him and not say anything, and just be there. Mm-hmm. And it's such a perfect... I will have to share it with you, and then mm-hmm. you know people can look it up. It's their latest video that came out again. It's the Bucket List family. Uh, it, it's such a... It's the only example I can think of to really show people what you're talking about, and yeah. that they were in this space talking about clearly something that's uncomfortable, and she let them have the space for the dot, dot, dot. And then... She would talk about her own experiences, and it was a back and forth. It was a really beautiful thing
1: in those moments. words are not necessary mm-hmm. rarely i mean it's if if there are words it's words of you know reassurance, you know, oh my god i'm so I get where you're coming from, that must be terrible that kind of thing right um, the um, we're talking about the imminent Psychologist and humanist Carl Rogers, what a person he was, called this skill that we're talking about active listening. We mentioned that before. But true connection cannot happen without listening well. That's his premise. And, and listening well is not easy. Rogers believed that it helps another person to feel less alone, less stuck, and more capable of self-insight. So think about that. If we just listen openly to our partners, Rogers is telling us that that partner will feel less alone, less stuck, and more capable of self-insight. Wow, isn't that what we want for our partners? And if we can just listen, we're helping them provide that, we're helping provide that? He said that it, quote, requires that we get inside the speaker, that we grasp from his point of view, just what it is he is communicating to us. It is thinking with people instead of for or about them.
0: Yeah,
1: I like that. It is thinking with people instead of for or about them. So what we want for our loved ones is for them to become enriched in courage and self-confidence, right? I mean, that, that's, that's what we want for them. That's what they want for us. And, and Roger said that listening well is a growth experience. It allows us to get the best of others so we get the best of them when we're listening. That's so true, right? When the other person knows we are listening and we're deeply in touch with what they're saying and where they are, um, we get the best of them.
0: I I was watching or whatever. I wrote down uh, this phrase that somebody shared that said, the more specific you are when you communicate, the more universal you are. Hmm. And it makes me think about this. So, Listening well is a growth experience that you are listening to something that is very specific to that person. And yet and, you know, and so you get the best of that person. They're being vulnerable with you. Right. right? And so it's very specific and yet it can create such a universal feeling of like, oh, I see you. I meet you here. Like, you know, you're not alone.
1: And that's that we connection, that mm-hmm. we part, that we where the two individ- differentiated individuals and now become one in a we. That's what I call it. But when we're missing connection in our relationship, right, we want to examine what and how we are hearing from our partner. And that's, where this active listening is, is a vital key to this. Um, there are steps in this active listening process, and uh, it will become a valuable skill for for our life. Uh, we don't have time today, but I'm going to go into those maybe next week. We'll do that. Mm-hmm. We're Carl Rogers, developed active listening, and there's these steps we go through that we can train ourselves to do this because we have to train ourselves if we can't do it. I mean we've been doing it the other way for who knows how long, right? Right. And so it's a program. It's it's automatic. It's we got to we don't have to, but we want to change it. We want to be a good listener for our partner, right? And it's not easy making this change. It's not hard, but it's it it takes time, you know, the 4 P's, right? Mm-hmm. Patience and presence and um you know, practice and positive thoughts. We have to practice this and do it. And it, we can do it together in the relationship because sometimes <clears throat> I find that, that the partner that has not been listening and they come to this realization, oh my God, <laughs> you know, I've got to learn how to do this. It can be an overwhelming feeling. Oh, especially if this person is—I don't know—fifty, sixty. Right. They've been doing it the other way for all those years, and now what? I got to do this. But um, it can be done, and that's there's some skills. We'll talk about it. Uh, go into it next time. I think the
0: interesting thing is if you love your partner enough, or your kids, or whomever it is that you're working with this on to. Make this concerted effort, and it sounds like you're going to give us some steps for how to do this. Mm -hmm. um, Then they benefit, and then we actually could start to benefit because we trust that, like, wait, maybe this could be done for me.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, and maybe your partner knows how to do it already, but it's just been waiting for the opportunity for the light bulb to come on in you.
0: Right. Right. Hey, Knucklehead, I've wanted to know what's going on with you for 30 years, and you haven't shared it with me.
1: Right. So, conversing, uh, communication is conversing, right? Sharing, it's also listening the other way, right? And so, if we haven't been listening to our partner or people in relationships, we haven't been... listening at that deep emotional connection level, feeling, felt, empathy level, then uh, we haven't been getting it, we haven't been receiving it either because we're not paying attention.
0: Right, right. right. I want to, yeah. I'm going to go back to the part where you talked about what uh, Carl Rogers believed, the idea that um, that we need to get inside the speaker. mm so that we can grasp from their point of view just what it is they're communicating to us and that it's this idea of thinking with people instead of for them or about them.
1: Right. I love I that. I really love that. Yeah, I do too.
0: That's powerful stuff. Hey, it, was, it was worth repeating.
1: Yes, definitely was. With rather than for them. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. It, it, it becomes a very expansive worldview. Mm -hmm. Like getting rid of the word but and replacing it with and. That became very expansive for me. So this feels very expansive as well. I'm excited. Okay. So sounds like there's going to be a part two at the very least.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're going to go into active listening. Some skills next week, practice, whatever. Some things to take home.
0: Perfect. I love homework. Everybody bring a pen and (laughs) uh, you can take some notes. But no big deal because you can also go to kypercounseling.com and there you can find – episodes of this show as a podcast and you can listen on really any major platform where you listen to podcasts and uh, you can also go to YouTube. So thanks for listening live. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks, Greg. What's your words of advice?
1: Everyone stay aware out there. See you next week.